0: What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Dark Waters. I'm your host, Josh. It's uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, this will be the last episode of this week. Uh, so let's go ahead and wish you guys uh, a happy weekend. hope you guys have fun. Uh, if you're traveling, be safe. Uh, if you got a tournament coming up, you know, kick some ass. Um, I don't have any tournaments coming up this weekend. But, um, no, actually, there is a tournament. I'm not going, though. Uh, I guess KBF just dropped another one in Massachusetts. So good luck to everyone that's competing that. I'm also not going to be able to make it. Uh, short notice, I got to work all weekend, so uh, it is what it is. But I got, I, I guess things will start picking up for me later this month. I got a tournament on the 15th, and then I'm doing Lake George at the end of the month. The KBF out there, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I'm going to do both days. Um, and that be. That's, that's like my plans for this month. So uh, if you're doing Lake George, uh, reach out to me. Uh, maybe we can get together, drink some beer, do some fishing or whatever. Just uh, look for me on the water as well. Uh, I got stickers. Maybe you want a sticker. I'll give you a sticker. So let uh, uh, let me know if you're gonna be there. Uh, I'd love to see uh, who's gonna be who's gonna be out there. But uh, I'm yawning, guys. I'm tired. I went fishing this morning, uh, right after work. I got off work at six. Got on the water like um, six fifteen. Slow, man, it took me like six hours. And then as I was coming back, I finally caught one uh but it wasn't like anything special but i guess i didn't skunk that's always good right i don't think so i think if you spend six six hours and you only catch one fish at the end that's like five and a half hours of you know pulling whatever hair i have left out but uh i don't know it was it, it was all right uh get out there this weekend uh redeem myself maybe catch some big fish uh i haven't decided what i'm gonna do um but uh let see before i completely lose myself in a ramble, um, no, nope, that's about all I know for right now. Um, yeah, that's about it. So we'll just jump right into this. Uh, obviously, you guys know my supporters. Uh, X-Zone uh capital D, capital W, 15. Get yourself a discount. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, my next guest is uh, Chris Santaro. I think it's how you say his name. I probably butchered it. I always butcher people's names. So Chris, sorry, but uh, thanks for coming to the show. Uh, Chris, cool guy. Um he's uh obviously a kayak angler uh he's does a lot of content uh, a lot of how to videos or you know all over youtube uh found him uh, we fished a lot of same tournaments last year uh watched a lot of his videos uh figured why not get to know the guy uh cool dude uh, had a long conversation we talked about the usual uh current conditions the future of turbit fishing and blah 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 but uh it was cool man it's always good to get someone else's perspective uh, I'll promise uh start changing some topics around, maybe talk about some actual uh, new stuff here in the next few episodes. I just did one with Sam Jones, and Sam Jones knows how to talk about fishing. So that was a good episode. Be looking forward to that one coming out next Monday, I believe. Um, and then I think I got Joshua Evans coming on next week as well. I'll have that episode posted next week as well. Talk about the uh, Sasquatch River, the Hobie event that just came up out of nowhere uh, next Saturday. Uh, but that's all I see in the future. Uh, anyways here's chris get to know him uh follow him on instagram follow us youtube uh, i'll have it posted somewhere but uh and that we'll talk to you guys soon ciao Chris, uh, thanks for coming to the show. Uh, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm I'm breathing, which is a good thing right now. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, first time on the show, bro. Uh, I'd like to have a, you know, if you could just introduce yourself real quick, just kind of who you are, uh, what you do, you know, things like that in your life, you know, just just not about fishing. We already know you fish, that's why you're on the show. Just some of the other stuff, so people can kind of know who you are.
1: All right. Um, uh, my name is Chris Santoro. I'm from right outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So. Um, go birds, go Phillies, go Sixers, go flies. You know the deal. Um, I'm a director of communications for a a semi-large international company. So I'm, I'm busy with work a lot of times. Haven't been traveling lately, but, um, still keeping me busy. But, uh, that's outside of the fishing world. Inside the fishing world, I'm, I try to just be entertaining. So (laughs) that's, that's what I go for.
0: cool. Well, how would you, uh, I guess the next question would be like how you got into fishing and, you know, eventually getting into a kayak. All right.
1: So how I got into fishing, let's see. It's, it's a long, that's a long journey. Um, I've been fishing since I was, I don't know, in diapers probably. Um, and, and that was me myself, my dad hated fishing. So it was never like dad take me fishing. It was like, here, son, I'm dropping you off at the Creek. Go have fun. Here's some some worms. I got you all set up. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go do my own thing. I'll come back for you in a little bit. And that's how it was. And, um, one of the big influences in my life was my grandfather. My grandfather was a big time fisherman, Um, family vacations, to Lake Erie uh, things like that, catching walleye perch, all sorts of uh, fish that weren't bass at the time that um, I I was still, I was chasing as a, as a kid, you know, whether it be bluegill or crappie um, and then progressing on as soon as I started to, you know, get friends that, that drove or um, as soon as I started to drive, we wanted to go do these crazy things. And somehow I ended up with a fishing rod everywhere I went. So, um, I eventually moved into bass fishing because, well, I, I found Bassmaster on ESPN 2 Um, and then I ended up falling in love with bass fishing. They had a or a, an elite series event in Camden, New Jersey. I went nuts. I went, I was, I think I was 13 or 14 at the time, but that was another thing where it was like my dad took me and just kind of stood there and was like, I'm doing this cause I know you like it. So <laughs> I always had the support from him, which was good. Um, but, um, but yeah, my grandfather was a big influence, and growing up, I just I brought a rod wherever I could, even even after baseball games. Growing up, if there was a creek or a pond near the field, you know, my brother who was a big time baseball player would be sitting there taking BP after practice, and I'd be in the creek, waiting in my baseball pants. <laughs> so
0: what uh what was the other journey into a kayak? Did you ever get to like the boat world? Um, did you cross over or was you know kayak something you found like before yeah. or anything else? Yeah, I mean that's
1: that's another evolution of
0: this. So <laughs> I was,
1: ooh, what was I? 16, and I, I knew I needed to get off the bank. I was bank yeah. fishing everything, and um, it got to a point where one of the local lakes around here, I, it was so pressured that I couldn't catch jack off the bank, even bluegills. I couldn't catch panfish off the bank. So right. I was like, I need a way to get out there. And I was 16. I had a, you know, a, a under the table minimum wage job, and I was like, that's not. Buying me a John boat—that's not buying me anything. So, um, one night I was in Costco with my mom on a grocery shopping trip. You know, she, I'm a big guy, so she would bring me to carry her, you know, 108 pack of water that she would get. <laughs> uh, but I, so I'm walking through and I, just, I see these kayaks and I'm like, that, that might be it. That might be it. Um, so yeah, I, from then on it was um, working my way to try and buy that. But luckily, soon after that, my mom realized that I was looking into this and. Um, I inherited the, the family canoe, so I, I took that out for a while. But that was that was a, some. It was a 16 foot aluminum canoe from like 1955. The rivets were popping. Um, I, I've since restored it, and like it's nice now. And now me and my brother fight over who's gonna get to take it when my my parents are gone. So um, I, obviously it's gonna be me because I did all the work. But right, that, right. I, that got me on the water um, away from the bank at first, and I still wanted. Something that was easy to transport, something that was a little bit sleeker, and it's a 16-foot aluminum canoe. I wasn't fitting anywhere tiny, um, getting away from all these bank guys and all these bass boats that were on this lake. So um, let's see. I, I got into college, did the whole poor college kid thing, waited, and was still. I still knew I wanted a kayak at that point. Um, and then I was probably 20, and I found KBF on Instagram. Um, and I was like, all right, there's other people doing this. Like, I'm not the only one with this mindset of like, there's plastic boats out there. Yeah. Uh, and I, I again, I, I was like, I need a, I need a kayak, need a kayak. So, eventually, I bucked up and I, poor college kid Chris, spent the money on a, a lifetime Teton 10 foot or Malibu 10. I don't even know what it was. <laughs> it was just a 10 foot sit on top, and it didn't have anything. It didn't have rod holders. It didn't even have a seat. It just was like – it was basically like a thick paddle board. Like, but it was the most unstable thing I think I've ever been on. I, I flipped it probably seven or eight times. Um, and, but it, it got me out there, and that's I, – I knew I wanted to be in a kayak from that point on because once you catch a fish in a kayak, it's like a totally different experience. Like being out yeah. of the water, um, being that close to being like on top of the fish and like truly sneaking up on them and being – you know, that, that predator mindset, I think that's, that's what drew me in. And like I said, finding like-minded people out there in the world was, was a big ticket into like me finally pulling the trigger on that. It was right. like, not that crazy. Like, yeah. I it just makes sense to other people. So it's going to make sense to me too.
0: Yeah. Not just the, uh, like the, the sitting on top and like, you know, being close to the water and all that that's that makes it just great. But like, I think that the, the other part that kind of drew me to it was just like the whole experience of going fishing in general, like, from the wake up, loading my stuff, unloading my stuff, you know, sneaking in, sneaking out, you know, like you, you go if you're in the bass boat world or, or I'm sorry the big boat world, you go to the launch and there's like six, seven different boats of uh, trucks waiting. You gotta wait your turn. It, you know, it's like the launches are all the same, but me like, I, you know, who knows where I'm gonna wake up and show up at to sneak my kayak in on the water before the sun comes down. There was no hassle, there's no pain in the ass. It was just it's just a simple like lifestyle. And it is a lifestyle because, like I said, it's it's so easy to do that I'm able to do it, uh, you know, a few times a week, you know, yeah. like, like, whether you know, like, two, I got two hours, I'll go fish for two hours in my kayak. I'm, uh, you know, I'm sitting on top of
1: my truck right now, it's like the motor's in there, the battery's always charged, like yeah. I'm ready to go whenever. There's a lake five minutes from where I live, and I'm like, you're you're absolutely right, it's it's the best option as far as the amount of time that you can spend on the water. And as far as tournament fishing goes, I've been tournament fishing since I was. <clears throat> Probably 18, you know, doing Tuesday nighters, Wednesday nighters, things like that. And then I did get into the bass boat world with a partner of mine. Um, uh, so I, I, you know, I, I did the the team tournament scene. And then the last few years, I've kind of gotten away from that because I want to spend more time on this. the The money's coming around, the notoriety's coming around, and and more more than that, it's it's becoming more and more mainstream. And as I'm I'm not the best tournament angler, I I can. Promise you that I, I yeah. can hold my own with the best of them, but I'm not the best. So I want to be able to find my place in that world, and I think that entertainment piece and that informative piece is somewhere yeah. that I want to align myself with. And now that I'm, I'm starting to do that more and more. And um, I think moving away from the bass boat series that I was in is allowing me more time to do that. Now, granted, I don't have that much time, but I'm finding more time through not having to worry about those other, you know, seven to 10 tournaments. That yeah. I've been doing. And, and we did well, you know, we were angler of the year for the state of PA and then the entire Northeast for three or four years in a row. So like, I, you know, I'm coming, I'm leaving the success of that and trying to like find new success in this. And I, I think that the basketball world is its own, that's its own beast. And I yeah. want to, I'm going to learn this one as much as I can.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I think, What's cool about the kayaking, like I'm not talking shit about the, uh, the the bass boat world at all like I mean if you've got the money, the time, and the passion to do it, that's awesome. Uh, but what I love about you know this kayak i talked about before is that anyone can do it and you can actually do it you can actually really go for it like it's fi- it's more financially feasible you know what I mean like how many people you know like in reality don't really have a chance but they but they, they do it because they, c- they can afford it uh it's manageable, and uh, you know's eventually they going get to the point where they could possibly you know, win or, uh, you know, place high and things like that. But the thing is that like, you get to be in the world and exist and be around the best of the best. And, you know, unlike in like the, the pressure or the financial pressure or the, uh, whatever, like you, you probably know about like, the lifestyle of being like, uh, a big bass boat guy in that world. But it's like, there's a reason why, like, there's like so many more people in the kayak right now, because like I said, it's affordable, it's easier to do. It's, uh, and you can really pour yourself into it. You know, I guess, Easier than what you could in the big boat, boat world.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. I think there's there's expenses that nobody realizes when you go from the boat to the kayak that you're you're missing out on. You know, splitting gas, tournament fees are so much less. Um, you're taking less gear, so you're able to downsize. Uh, there's so many different things that I was able to cut out and simplify because of, of a plastic boat. And and I've like I said, I've been fishing out of a kayak now for almost. I don't know, I would say nine years would be generous, but it, it's around that time frame where I'm eight or nine years in it my, you know, my first old town I got in, I had an old, my first real fishing kayak was an old town predator. And I got that in 20 late, late 2013, I think is when I got it. So yeah, you know, that's, I've been, I've been in so many boats since then. And it's like finding the plastic over the fiberglass was like what I needed to
0: yeah.
1: always ground me anyway. So I always found myself coming back from boat tournaments and saying, let's just take the kayak out. Let's go reconnect. Let's yeah. go. Out what's wrong. What, what did I do wrong? It, it just, it, it somehow grounded me every time I brought the kayak out. So I just found myself coming back to that more and more and more. So, you, and I think the affordability of it is, is part of why I kept coming back to it. I didn't have to worry about gas and have to worry about charging a battery at the time because motors weren't even a thing. Right. You know, it's it was like just grab your paddle, bring your crate and a couple rods and you're on the water for three hours for, you know, maybe ten dollars in your gas tank versus the seventy dollars to help fill a bass boat, the two hundred and fifty for half of a tournament entry fee. The, yes. You know, and it's it's exponentially cheaper in 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 the long term. And, and I think that's a huge benefit to this. And you're right. People are jumping into this because. You have that chance to win, you know, at the Hobie BOS on the Susque in a couple of weeks. It's probably going to be an eight or nine thousand dollar payday with the amount of people that are going to be there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's getting astronomical to a point where we're going to see more pros jumping in. We're going to see more big names jumping in from all over the fishing world. And Mike Iaconelli signed up today, so I it's, saw that. I mean, it's it's happening already. You know, Dave LaFever a couple years ago up on Erie. Um, uh, he, Mike's already fished you know one or two events eric jackson's technically an flw pro he's been fishing kayak tournaments forever so it's like that side is already starting to collide with this and i think the more and more that happens <clears throat> the industry will keep growing and the our stuff will just get better and better i just hope that
0: affordability
1: is is always at the forefront
0: that, that's that's kind of like been like you know, I want people to be successful, and I want people to live their dreams and their passion, but like one of the three, like we both have talked about why we like this sport so much because it's so easy to to get into and it's affordable um but you know as you already said like you when you came into kayak fishing uh you didn't really need all the battery systems because there was no motor um you know and even when I came in about three three and a half years ago uh there, there wasn't motors at the time uh it, it wasn't until the next year when the motors were coming out and the Cody we were putting out batteries and uh it's all great, you know, but it's just, like, it's slowly watched, and now you look at, like, the, you know, in the daily, it's, like, you would just see, like, the cool crate with the rods, Uh, you know, someone had have the baddest paddle, and then someone might have, you know, whatever, flex drive or pedal drive, and that was, that was it. Now, it's, I was looking at, um, I think it was Cody Milton's kayak, and he's got the, uh, the motor up right there on the bow, the bow. He, I think he, he had two fish finders yeah. on, on his kayak. He's got a Helix 10. For his side and down imaging
1: and then he's got a helix 9 for he's got 360 attached to his his trolling motor yeah
0: and like like, because like it's because like you said earlier like the sport is is getting there to where it's you know pulling in all these people so everyone's doing everything they can to uh to inch everyone out but whatever means necessary and so from going being a simple kayak you know term it's it's it's, how long is it going to stay like that and then what can we like see in the future because right now it's like I don't want to put anything else more on my kayak. I'm, I'm already like financially uh, exhausted <laughs> Wait, for this you're, year. You're the, you're yeah. Yeah. And I don't even have a motor yet. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting there like on the fence about getting a motor. Um, I well, don't know. Like, I, but the, but the, here's the cool thing about the sport. is like, do you need it? Yeah. And that was like, cause I was talking to, uh, or wasn't talking, I was listening to uh, Cody Milton on someone else's um, podcast and he was having such a horrible time at whatever term it was. And so he just didn't take his electronics or anything. Went up there and just did like old school fishing, yeah. um, which is, you know, which I would think is easier to do when you're in a kayak. I mean, I'm, you know, because you can't get in those areas and there isn't that competition or that, you don't – I mean, offshore is there, but you don't feel like the, uh, you have to go offshore because yeah. cause everyone's going to struggle in the offshore as well, you know what I mean? So I don't know, just, I want to get big, but at some point it's like, well, how big is this thing really going to get? <laughs> uh, when, when, when is it going to go from being a kayak to just being a really small, badass, uh, bass boat um, and then at that point you know hobiari and you know is a $200 entry fee which isn't horrible but could you imagine if it goes up to $500 could you imagine if it goes up to a grand and then you know i'm looking at it like okay that's not feasible because we all know that a tournament just because you pay a thousand dollars entry fee or $250 entry fee that's not all you pay uh, you're paying for the gas to travel so it becomes a lifestyle like you know like the big, it is now like you, you have to put all this thought, not just into the fishing part, but into like the, uh, staying, how much money is going to cost daily to pre fish, to keep, you know, cause th- you can't just go camp out anymore. Uh-huh. You got to make sure you have the ability to charge batteries. Um, you know, just all these different things that you think yeah. of. It's like, and I, I'm not saying I don't want to get there. I'm just saying those are some of the things that like, I'm like, uh you know, how, how much will I really be able to participate in a sport that it gets like that? Because it eventually, you know, if it goes that way, it will become an elitist sport, like the bass boat world. And, You'll rely – you know, a lot of these guys have to rely mainly on sponsors, which we don't have to do right now. Most of us don't have sponsors, but we're able to make it to all these tournaments and stuff because it's still affordable. I mean it's a a catch-22, right, because to be able to make big money, you have to go that route. So for people to make an actual living off this – and who knows, maybe I'll get good in the next two years and have a chance to make a living too. I don't know. know. No, none of us know that, but I think what
1: will be interesting is to see how it does progress that way over the next couple of years. And I think one of the things that I'm interested in is – where is that split going to happen? Are we going to have an elite series in the kayak world? Like, like, will the Hobie BLS be a selected group of hundred individuals or will KBF be a, like the pro tour be a selected group of 70 to 80, 85 people like the elite series or MLF. Um, and I think that's, once you have that, then the sponsor money shows up because then it's, ex- it's exclusive. And once you have that exclusivity, then other companies will start to say, all right, they're getting more eyeballs than all of these little grassroots trails. But that's the heart of it—is the grassroots stuff, is yeah, the local sure. club, the, the monthly tournaments, and the KBVT that's coming around. That stuff's going to be around for a
0: while, I think. And that, that was kind of what, like, this year, you know, cause I, I had plans to do a lot of traveling this year, um, and I started off good. I made it all the way to South Carolina to the Santy Cooper, and then the next thing you know, COVID comes in and just, just it, 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 it canceled a bunch of tournaments, but it also put like a weird taste in my mouth about traveling the tournaments uh and, and spend the money and the risk not just getting sick but you know like i had to skip out on the east west harbor uh because uh, ohio's on uh, new york shit list for uh you know restriction so like yeah i had to report so like, all these things that happen but i still have my uh my local tournament and i'm still fishing those and like one of the things that i noticed like i didn't do those great in those tournaments and so why am i putting an emphasis on um traveling and um and competing with the big dogs I'm not saying I shouldn't I'm just saying that it's not that big of a deal because there's still like a whole a whole bunch of learning I gotta do anyways and so for the you know they're ever gonna have like an elite series that would make sense because honestly I, I probably don't have any business competing in something like that anyways if I can't afford to do it or if I'm not that if I can't qualify to go do something like that what what business do I have to be there let the hundred the uh, best anglers go competing each other and I stay there in my local or um uh, my, my my smaller level uh tournament series whatever that be whether kbf has their whatever trail events or something that i can you know that i could do or whatever you know maybe that's where i belong and maybe the sport does need to grow and it, there needs to be a separation between not always but at some point you know even when you talk to the pros i think a lot of them would probably feel the same way too it's like they want to go out there and compete against the best the best because mainly it, it it takes away that, that, that part like now where like if you go to a KBF trail because there's so many people there, it could be anyone's given Sunday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. And it, it, it's a different kind of stress I guess where like if you just go against, you know, 100 people who qualify to be at a certain event, you know, like like, like the, the – the whatever, the uh, tournament of champions or something like that. Yeah. You know, that that, that would be – and having a series that would lead to something like that, I don't know. I could see that being a good route. As long, but it's like you said, as long as they have the grassroots and the smaller thing, where people like me and you know people you know at my level can cut our teeth and, and hopefully one day earn a position or a place to go and compete like in an, an elite series or something like that.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's going to be like one that, I, I, even if there is that exclusive section, the industry is still going to have to cater to the people that spend the most money.
0: And yeah, there's there's too much money, and you can't you can't have an elite. I was talking about someone earlier like. Like, the only reason why there's um you know anyone who's considered of the pro angle the only reason like they're making money is because there's people like me who are putting money into they' they're, they're taking the money you know like yeah. the, the money that we pay for the tournament the money we pay uh, for memberships mm-hmm. uh things like that the sponsors will look at us they don't look at you uh they look at the eyes that are looking on you that's who they want like like you yeah. know like these people who have sponsors like they're not Sponsoring you because you're cool and you're great. They're sponsoring because they know that I'm gonna look at your uh, Instagram account. They sponsor yeah. you because they know that I'm gonna check you out on Facebook yeah. and, and things like. And what, you know, when you show a tournament, I'm gonna go look at your kayak and see what you got. That's why they're sponsoring you. It Has really nothing to do with you being um, whoever you are. It, 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 it's just, it's it's the fact that people have eyes. They have eyes on you. Yeah. And so like, there's no way. I mean, it's. I guess that's why you can't really. I don't even. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't even be nervous about uh, what changes are gonna come because it's like they're always gonna need me let fork out money to, uh, to to keep these things going. I mean, yeah, that's – I think that's what it comes down to is that
1: it, no matter what, there's going to be a place for everyone at some point. And I, here's the thing. There's going to be someone like you or someone like me that, that will keep that going somehow because we want a place. We want to yeah. have our own place within this industry. And I think – I mean the industry is still growing. And yeah. I know I've made jokes before about people saying kayak fishing is growing. It's growing. I think – I think kayak fishing has grown. Yeah. I think, I think it's at a point where the next evolution is, is beyond growth. It's not even, like, we're, we're grown. We're, we're pretty big now. Yeah. A lot of people understand what kayak fishing is. A lot of people know that you can fish from a kayak now. You know, you don't get as many of those conversations at the boat ramp, like, whoa, you're fishing out of a kayak today? It's more like, oh, yeah, the guy backing down his 21-foot ranger is like, yeah, I left the Hobie at home today. You know, it's like you're getting more of that rather than like, wow, you put a little three inch fish finder on your, your predator and y- you know, you're going out there for fit. You're going fishing for musky. You're crazy. And like, no, it's, you're not getting that as much. You still get it. Don't get me wrong. People give me looks. As soon as I put the the power drive and I go spot lock somewhere, someone's like, yo, are you spot locked right now in a kayak? And I'm like, yeah. So you get those kinds of things, but it's the things that aren't as surprising anymore that, um, show me that, like, the sport is, is – uh, has grown amongst fishermen. And um, right. I think – I don't know if it can get bigger in the sense of growth, but I think it can get bigger in the sense of, you know, the, the elite split as well as the grassroots level can just continue to grow too. Yeah. And yeah. That's, they have to go hand-in-hand in, hand in order for this to carry on for the next, you know, 35 years or million years, however long we want to keep fishing from plastic boats. Yeah. so. I mean, I think there's there's a lot to be said about how far we have come. And l- lucky for me, I live in a place where i um, close enough to the Jersey Shore where a lot of those guys who started fishing from kayaks 20, 25, 30 years ago. Um, you know, the guys who first decided to put a freaking milk crate on the back of the kayak are from and like meeting them and hearing their stories and understanding the history of, you know, why they decided to fish from a kayak. It's all the same. Yeah. It's, the mental process is all the same we're all thinking about it the same way whether we like to admit it or not whether there's a hobie elitist out there who thinks vibe is trash and there's a vibe guy who thinks vibe is the best boat on the market we all got into a kayak for the same reason yes yeah. i i think i think we lose sight of that with where we are growth wise and i think it needs to kind of circle back to that but again we don't have the elite part without the grassroots part and we've yeah, got to yeah. keep putting them together and i think this year, you're right, has been crazy. I had plans to travel. I was supposed to leave for a tournament the weekend, my county got locked down in March. And literally it was Thursday, I was packing my truck and I got an emergency alert on my phone. It was like Montgomery County PA is locked down. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going. <laughs> and like, I had all these big plans, I had to cancel my hotel, like you said, I had to, I had to figure all that out. And it was, um, I think it was the Hobie BOS down there on whatever, I don't even know, Lake Norman. Um, and it was like, well, there, there's there's the beginning of that. And then they all just trickled. Like my yeah. April was done. My May was shot, except May 30th, I decided, all right, I'm doing it. I'm going. I'm going to fish with one person. My buddy Garrett moved from PA down to North Carolina. And I was like, you know what, eff it. I'm going, I'm going to fish with Garrett. I haven't seen him in like a year. Fish the tournament finally. And if once I got there, you're right. It was like, you know, I, I did okay. I had top 10. But it was like, did I really need to spend all this time doing that when I could have I could have just learned the lakes around me for tournaments that were coming in June and July. You know, I mean, you're, you're in a great spot. I love upstate New York yeah, I love yeah. those lakes. I love those bodies of water. I don't like, if I was there, I don't know
0: if I'd leave. I, I, it's, it's so hard for me to do it too. Cause like I, 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 I was thinking like, cause like East West Harbor happened and I had a great time up here. I went to this, these small chain of lakes up in like upstate New York, like almost Canada. And like, they don't big, boats aren't allowed in them and so i had this whole lake pretty much to myself and i'm just awesome. catching them deep catching them shallow um and it, i don't know it was, it was just a fun time it's hard for me to, to, to want to go fish other places because there's so many bodies of water and so much to do up here so much to figure out like it's you know like the, the thought of traveling eight hours it's just like ah
1: I, I know it's it's starting to do that to me too and i i you know for the last three years i've traveled everywhere to fish you know, i gone all the way down to florida i've driven to louisiana for saltwater fishing you know a lot of this stuff has been you know personal fun trips but um it's you're right there's so much stuff in your backyard that you can figure out before you start to think about that way and i think like you said this year's kind of bringing me back to that grassroots level and I, i think i think i need to spend more time there luckily i just actually moved closer to the susquehanna river so i'm probably only 45 minutes from one of my favorite ramps now so I'm starting my pre-fishing for the BOS uh, probably on Wednesday night. So I'll be yeah. like you said, it's 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 45 minutes there, but if I get out of work at 3:30, I'm I'm at the ramp by 4:30. I can fish till eight. I'm good. You know, it's it's one of those things that you wouldn't be able to do in a boat. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I think the the you know like because and that's why I like to see like other tournament series have I guess more events, but maybe not as much on the line. I guess. It's, like, a Hobie event or something. And that's kind of why I like, the, you know, what KBF did with the Trail Series. Um, and I like what some of these other little grassroots things are a little, are, I would say, they're like, they're they're not quite as big as KBF, but they're not as small as, like, your local scene. They're kind of like the in-between, uh, like, Slay Nations and things like that where, you know, we're, like, we're, like, make, like, a, a series, like, local to me that will eventually lead me to, like, a regional event that maybe could lead to, like, a, a national event. And, you know, maybe, like – or maybe just a regional event. I don't know, but, like, you know – and not focus on things that are just so big, but maybe things that are, that are just smaller that really, you know, cause I, I got a long way to go before I feel like I'm ready to actually go up there head to head with someone that, like, when, if I go to a Hobie event, I feel like it's, it's the same thing like running a marathon. You know what I mean? I'm not going to beat the guys that are, that are coming in first place at a marathon. If I go to a marathon, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to finish in like three, three and a half hours. Actually, no, I'm 37 now. I'm going to, it's going to take about four and a half hours to, uh, to finish a marathon, but I'm going to pay the, uh, the 150 bucks, I'll get my swag bag, uh, go have a great experience, uh, but I'm not going to win that race, and I'm not going to ever uh, you know top elite elite. Uh, and so when I look at fishing now, especially after this year, it's just like if I go down to these uh, you know 12 hours away to go fish or whatever, 18 hours to go fish uh, Lake Fork, um, what am I really going to get out of it? I mean, like, granted, if there's a great time, uh, you know, a, a spectacular event where like I feel like it was it was it was for the adventure, all absolutely all for it. Yeah, I uh say both. I agree. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I want to be realistic now. Like it's like get better at fishing. Like you can sit there and, and and spend hundreds and thousands of dollars, you know, traveling, or you can go fish these awesome lakes around your house, or go or go to things closer. Like I'm definitely going to fish the uh, KBF Lake Georgia bit Both days. It's yeah. only it's only about four hours away. It's in New York. It's it's a it's a it's a Adirondack Lake, so I, I kind of understand those, and so it gives me a chance to compete at a big level, but I don't have to travel that far. I guess I guess it's just uh, not taking that part of it so serious anymore. You know, you know, like you feel, like, feel like I need to do these things where I don't. Like it's just like if I can do it, if I had the money, if I talk to my wife and, and I, when I when I tell her I want to do this, she doesn't look at me weird before she says okay, whatever you want. When she says it's okay to go, like she has as much confidence about me going as you know as I do. Sure. Um, then sure, but I mean I just don't want to stress myself out like I did last year. You know, just going doing these events and like just doing horrible and feeling bad. It's just like. You're, you're going to do horrible. It was like your your third national event. You've never done well at any of your local events. You're still learning the game. So don't put so much pressure on yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's
1: that's definitely what I'm finding this year to be different. I walked into that KBF down in North Carolina with zero pressure. No monkeys on my back, no anything. I said, you've already missed nine tournaments this year. This is your first one. Just go fish. Yeah. Go do yeah. a wacky rig around and hope for the best. You know, And that's what I did. And I think – once you get that feeling, I think it's easy for you to carry over into your next couple of events. Yeah. And even like when you start to approach people about these events, it's the same thing. You know, you're not, once you figure out that you don't need to put that pressure on you, then you don't necessarily need to fish those national events. And I like the way I, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the decisions the organizations are making across the board to where they're choosing tournaments or how they're choosing locations or the timelines for things, time of year for stuff, but I do like the way that KBF has set up the regions. And I think yeah. that's huge. I mean, it gives it gives people that four-hour drive instead of a 13-hour drive to fish a national-level event. And it's a $100 entry fee, so it's not terrible. Yeah. You know, you're using half a tank of gas to, you know, three-quarters of a tank of gas plus $100, plus you're, you know, you're probably camping at Lake George, so it's fairly cheap. Yeah. You know, if you're thinking of a, you know, three $400 round trip, including your entry fee, and that's something that, you might get you know five or six big hammers, big names with it. You're not going to get 85. like you're going to be at a, at a BOS, yeah. or, or you're not going to be worried about going to the national championship and having to share water with 850 people. Right. So it's like, it's one of those things, but it,
0: it, like you said, it allows you to qualify for that big stuff if you want to yeah. do it. Yeah, but I, I, it also, it also gives you confidence too. If I, if, for whatever reason I go, if I go and I place first place at this Lake George event or, or top 10, I might feel a little more comfortable going to do a Hobie event now, uh, you know, that's a little bit further away than I'm usually comfortable with driving now these days, you know what I mean? Where it's, like, I can, I can like, now, like, I can take my, my, my check and show my wife, like, look what I did, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, you're amazing. You should definitely go to Lake Fort next year and, and take your chances against, you know what I mean? And that's, I guess that's, like, my thing. It's like, and and, and Greg, like, my opinion's probably coming from someone who's from the Northeast uh, who doesn't, you know, like, this uh, Sasquatch, that's the closest one that's ever really been to me, except for, uh, I think, Lake Erie. Um, it was just fine. I, I should do those events if I, if I could afford it. And, you know, whatever, the, it'd be good for experience. But, like, imagine me trying to go all the way to Lake Fork or imagine me trying to go to Lake Norman. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, what kind of preparation could I really have if I can only get down there for one day of pre fishing after an 18 or 20 some hour drive, um, knowing that in two days, I got to go, I got to drive all the way back home again. <laughs> Yes, yeah. And then work another 50 hour week. So it's like,
1: it, I think, well, it, see, here's the thing. Because those tournaments got canceled, my schedule got all screwed. I was only going to do six tournaments this year. That's all I was going to do. But, but they were, four of them were Hobo with BLS. Yeah. yeah. One was a BASS. And then the other one was KBF. And it, since I can't take vacation with work, I can't, you know, there's, there's so much bull crap that happened that I can't, I can't change. So you it's forced me to look at it with like, dude, don't don't worry about it. Like yeah. people, people aren't there like there's people counting on you, but nobody's truly counting on you to be at these events. Exactly. Like, like this past weekend, like you said, East West Harbor. I skipped it. I was supposed to go. I was all set. Room was booked, everything, ready to go. Then the refrigerator started leaking. So I was like, All right, dude, let me take that hundred bucks back. Let me pay for the parts that I need for a refrigerator. And I'll worry about life because yeah. <laughs> life is more important anyway. But and it's yeah. it's one of those things where it, the perspective of this season has been changed and altered so much that it's forced me to look right. at fishing differently. And I, I think yeah. that's there's been a lull in my videos because of that. Like you know, there's been a lull in the the amount of tournaments I'm fishing because of that I haven't even done monthlies like the online monthlies because I'm just like whatever. Like I I want to I want to be able to sit down and look at a calendar and be like I want to fish this because one, the people there, you know, they're, I mean, that list of people already going to the Hobie BOS. I missed ICAST this year, so I couldn't see half those people. So like yeah, yeah. seeing my one time seeing Christine Fisher all year, my one time seeing Ryan Lambert all year, you know, it's like, those are my touch points that I like to keep. And yeah. I'm, this is going to be my opportunity to do that. So it's one of those things where I'm paying that money for that's for me. That's the, it's the adventure. Luckily it's a tournament fee plus like a quarter of a tank of gas. So it's not a huge expense.
0: Yeah, so I guess like it's so a lot of times when I talk about it, it sounds like I'm like I'm bitching or um I'm making excuses. And I really don't want to come off like that. I think the way Hobie and A K B I they're all doing great things and you know my my feeling is my feeling, but it has it shouldn't have anything to do with you know I think what we're looking about do is like kinda of what we say now, like I need a plan better or I need to have a plan. Uh and so, you know, my, my plan and what's you know, what's feasible for me is not traveling across the country hitting every Hobie event or hit you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh What's feasible for me you know, and come up with like tournaments that are realistic, uh, based off what time of year, how much money, you know, spreading them out or whatever. And that's kind of how it's going to be for me because, like, I, I guess what really, like, there's this other there's this other parts of the tournament fishing that you think about too much and you shouldn't unless you're like a real competitor, like, you're someone who's really going to compete. Like, you know, like, why am I thinking of angler of the year points? You know, why am I going to, uh, you know, I'm going to stress myself financially. And, and travel to every single Hobie event, uh, make things rough on me and my family, because I, I think I got a shot at Angle of the Year. What? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, how about you just do one or two tournaments, you know, whatever, or it, yeah. doing this, and, and just and plan it out to where, like, you're still doing national events, you're still getting all the experience, and you're meeting all the great people, you're getting your name out there, you know, you, I'm, I'm driving my truck, I got my little Darkwater sticker on there, so I'm doing my, my, uh, my networking part of it, but it's, it's, just, it's like you said earlier, like, have a plan like you had you had a plan to do six tournaments this year uh and that's that's probably what i should have been doing in the first place instead of just trying to do as many tournaments as i possibly can uh, don't do that unless, unless you can oh, do that like if you're cody if you're cody milton living out your van i did i did that two
1: years ago i, I did as many tournaments as i possibly could i fished including a, from a bass boat in one season i fished 38 tournaments local national everything it was awful i had no time for anything i had i barely saw my family and friends I slept more often in a hotel than my own bed. It's, it's not a life for everyone, but like, you're right. It's it, Cody Mills living out of a van. Like that's what he likes. That's what he knows. You know, that's his yeah. lifestyle. I, I personally can't necessarily do that. Like six, <laughs> six times a year traveling and being away from my family and friends and, and, and doing it for, you know, five or six days. That's that comes out to like 35 or 40 days a year, which I'm fine with that. I already spend 120 plus days on the water. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a given. Like, because there's a lake five minutes away. I'm there every night. I count those as days on the water. Like, it's it's become to a point for me where the time on the water is more important than the actual tournament day.
0: Exactly. That, that's what happened to me this year. Was like, that's I think the the really roll this up for moving on to something else is that the time on the water should be more important to me than uh, tournaments or whatever. Like. Get better, like, like you know. I love fishing, and that's what I need to focus on is just getting good at this. And you know, and let the let the tournament thing kind of happen like uh, organically. You know, you can't force it. Um, you know, you get better, then one day you know you're cashing a check or making the top ten or winning angler of the year of your uh, local series or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's just that's, that's kind of a like, the wrap this all up. Was like focus on more time on the water. And, and having fun, and everything else will kind of just fall into place. Because I mean, I've already we've already made commitments. Like, like we're in this. The bug bit us. I don't imagine ever really stop kayak fishing for any reason except health or a I don't know apocalypse or something like that. Yeah. You know, so. It's gonna be a very serious circumstance
1: for me to not fish for a plastic <laughs> yeah. especially now that I have a motor. You know, take take my feet. I don't care. I've a motor. <laughs> I don't need to pedal. I don't need to paddle. I'll just press a button on my remote. <laughs> yeah.
0: So let's talk about uh, you're like, we're both into, I guess, the world of putting out content. Like, that's what we do now. We make content. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about yours. So we, mine's just a, a microphone and a mouth. Uh, what are you doing uh, and how'd you get into it? Um, I've always I've always been the
1: kind of person that likes to try and be the center of attention, whether it be trying to be funny or loud or just. Stupid most of the time, and I, I decided you know I went to school for media communications and business, so I got to play around with cameras in college, and I stuck with it, and you know I I went on I went on tour with a few bands and did their their tour videos like Train, and I got to hang out with L M F A O and Shaggy, I did one of their docs like I, you know the video stuff has always been there, so it was like wow people are making YouTube videos, so let me just let me try, so I just started making YouTube videos and bought a GoPro and put it on the back of the predator and said, let's go. And ever since then it was like, all right, I'll make, I'll make like little, I don't want to spend any time on them. I'm just going to put whatever is available to me out there for people to see. So one of my big rules for when I do make a video is don't spend more than an hour editing. it. So I, I try, I try my best. If I spend more than an hour editing it, I close it and I come back to it the next day. Because I don't want to, I don't want to sit there and have that consume my life. Because I do it for a living, so I don't want to, I, I like, I don't want to leave work and come home and do my job more. So it's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you can see it in some of the, my videos where it's just like, you could tell he didn't care at all about this. So it's like one of those things where I'm just like, I'm just cutting, I'm pasting, I'm putting music behind it and hoping for the best. And some of them turn out great, some of them don't. But I think the point of it is that I want to present people with information. Something I've learned, something I've figured out that made my life easier when it comes to kayak fishing or just fishing in general. And I just want to share that information with people. My most successful videos are what's in my PFD, um, kayak bass fishing 101, stuff like that. And I I think that's that's those are the things that I want to keep doing is is not necessarily teaching, but informing people about how they can get started. How, you know, I was you one day. Here's how I'm where I'm at as far as my knowledge goes. And I think there's a way to do it without showing people that, you know, I'm the smartest, I'm the greatest and and being entertaining at the same time that I I, I feel like I'm good at. Um, I, I'm a hell of a presenter when it comes to work stuff, and I just carry that over to this. So being able to transfer information to people and give them something entertaining and within, you know, reasons of a bite sized piece for them to chew on and take in and understand is something that I pride myself on. And I, I really try to take that and, and really be serious about it when I do those types of videos. The fishing videos are whatever. You know, I'm taking clips from a GoPro. It looks like everybody else's stuff. It doesn't, there's nothing special about it. Every now and then I'll catch a 21 or a 20 and a quarter or something. So it's like, they're not they're not the ones that I care about. The ones I care about are the ones me installing my motor on my boat or um, putting the decking kit on for the person who just got their new canoe that has zero idea. You know, like, stuff like
0: that. Right. Well, let me ask you this, because, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who do content. I mean, I've talked to other podcasters. I've talked to uh Mike McHenry who does, uh like, I don't know, TV. Uh, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, i talked to Chad Hoover. uh He does a little bit of everything. I've just talked to a lot of – talked to Ryan Lambert, who does a lot of, uh like, videos and things like that. So it's just – you know, what is your, like, like, motivation? Like, what what is, like, your uh, – kind of like a – not an state, but a direction you want to go, because – you know, like me, like with a podcast, like I could probably do a lot better. Um, I could probably, you know, have like a background with my symbol on it. I could probably go to like live events, uh, you know, and all these things, but like to me it's just like I don't wanna put that much effort into anything anymore. I don't really have like an ambition to to, to be for this to be like my my, my job right now. I, I really don't have that kind of ambition. Um but I do wanna grow it. And I do want to, see, I do want to be successful. I just don't know what that mean, like what success means to me right yeah. now. But you know, someone who know, you know, are putting in, because the, 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 I mean, so the truth is, we're we're putting effort into this. It. Like this, Absolutely. this is this is going to take about an hour of our time, uh, maybe a little bit more. I, I'm going, I don't really edit that much, but I still listen over to make sure things went good. So it's about another hour of listening to it. So it's two hours, uh, you know, plus it takes me probably about 30 minutes to get it uploaded, like from this thing to. Turning it into an MP3, for an MP4 to MP3, like all these different things. And I'm sure there's an easier way to do it. I just haven't figured it out yet. Um, so it's a lot of, you know, it takes a lot of time. And I, and I do like two to three shows a week. So um, so you want to get something out of it. I'm not saying like necessarily a financial thing, but maybe follow, I don't know, whatever, whatever your goal is. But for you, you're putting these videos out. Like, is there a direction that you want to go? Do you want to be like a Mike McKinsey and have like a, a show that starts off with, uh, you know, sponsors on it for, you know, th- th- those kind of things? Or, or do we just do things? Because we enjoy, because that's the problem—not the problem of the world. What do I know about the problem of the world? There's a lot of problems in the world, but uh, you know, like one of the one things that kind of bugged me about a lot of things is that, like, for some reason, when someone finds something that they love doing or they're good at, they enjoy it, they immediately want to get paid for it. Like, they immediately want to, you know, like a podcast. Like people start a podcast and they, say they want it to, they want to be the next Joe Rogan. They want sponsors, and then they say, "No." And I kind of find myself doing it for a little bit. I had to stop myself. But you're like, you start all your videos off with, "Oh, I – you know, like, like I'm a great fish angler or something like, like oh, I couldn't have done it without this lure and blah, blah, blah. And it's like it's – like, do I, I don't want to sound like that. I don't want to be like that. Not, not that anyone who's making a living or doing stuff off that – they're not wrong with it. I'm just saying that's kind of where like I don't want to be. Uh, and so like what, what are your thoughts – here, I'm rambling. But what are your thoughts? Like what do you want to do with yours? Like how far do you want to take it? Uh What's the uh the cutoff limits? Like is there one? Could you see yourself – working hard and grinding and maybe one day being like a Mike McKinstry or something like that, or getting a show and being bigger than Mike McKinstry. I mean,
1: I think, I think there's, there's truth in everything you just said. I think there's a point where I, I one, I love my day job. I really do. I, I'm very fortunate to get paid to create content for a business. And that's what I do. Um, what I'm, I think your point about, I don't, I don't care enough about, that part of it to really force the issue beyond it, which is why I don't. And I think if I did, if I did force the time and I did force the issue, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell myself short. I'd expect myself to be at that level of a Mike or a Chad or, uh, you know, even Christine, the way Christine Fisher's pumping out content, right? I'd I'd expect nothing less for myself to be able to do that because I know my work ethic. I know I can force that stuff, but you know, I don't, I don't feel like sitting down and editing. Sometimes these GoPro clips take nine hours to upload onto a computer. And I'm like, I don't have this time. Yeah, you know, I could be rigging. I could be, you know, doing something at my house. I could be doing more work. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's, you have to, you have to compartmentalize what you actually want to accomplish. And I yeah, think yeah. you're, I think you're taking the absolute correct approach to this. You know, yeah. if it gets there,
0: fine. I'm happy with it. If it gets there. Yeah. Like, I kind of I want someone to tell me that I'm successful. You know, I don't want to like, I, know. I want to. I, I want to wake up one day and like I got a message on my phone from someone producer, and I get I get I get a, a chance to make a choice of yes or no. I'll sign a million dollar check or whatever. You know what I mean? That's kind of like cause I know but you look at like, a good example is Greg Blanchard, right? Uh-huh. Uh, Greg Blanchard could be way bigger than what he is if he if he truly wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. His show start like his uh, his uh YouTube start off organically as just some nerdy guy with a plastic kayak from Walmart to. And just thousands and thousands, like, some of his videos probably got, like a million views, and he's, he, said he has some people that uh, support the show, like, sponsor-wise, but he, he doesn't take it as far as, like, cause, and then when we talk to him, it's because he likes his day job, and he doesn't, and he enjoys what he does, and he doesn't want to, like, turn that into work, because then what's the point of doing it? And like I said, everyone's got different goals, and like I said, we just live in a time where, like, I, you know, when I talk to most people, it's not just fishing, I see, like, in all, like, Every, all aspects yeah. of life like you know like i yeah. i like crossfit i was a crazy CrossFitter back in the day couldn't mm-hmm. just work out i had to go get my level one and i couldn't just be a coach i had to own my own gym it, <laughs> you know, it's just that's it's a psychopathic way of going about life you know what i, mean? I could have just had a nice hobby where it kept me in shape but instead i went down the dark hole of owning your own business and owning your own gym which is like a scary place to be and i was lucky enough where i let it go uh when i did before like it really jugged me down but it's just things like that it's just um. Just because you, you, you like something or you're good at it doesn't always mean you need to make millions of dollars off it because it could bite you in the ass. That thing you love could turn into work, and that's and that's one of the things I love about fishing because you know, I'm a paramedic, so I got a pretty stressful job. So it's nice to get out in the water for you know eight hours and, and lose myself in, in, in the task of trying to catch a bass. Um, I don't want to change that to where like now I'm stressed out about it. You know, yeah. I take my like even even just a little bit of YouTube or not YouTube, but the uh, the video content I put out. Even that's like, I find myself like every fish I got I got I got to click here so I know where I caught it. And, you know, and all these things. So I'm, I'm so worried about this video and the angle. And then the sun comes up, and I got to make sure I turn my kayak so it's not in the viewer's eyes. And it's just like it's like turn that that thing off. Like it's, it's you, can, just, you can see on my channel
1: the decline of my care. It, yeah, it's, and it's like when I was really trying to like put out good quality fishing videos. Yeah. I had two cameras. I, I tried my best on that, but now it's like, listen, you're going to capture what you capture. If it's good, someone's going to watch it. If they like you, they're going to watch it anyway. So it's like, try and put something, this, you, you create the story that you want to tell outside of those little GoPro clips and it'll be entertaining anyway. So yeah. the video that I'm working on for, my North Carolina tournament from May, that I still haven't finished is, is me sitting on the back of my truck telling the story of, of how I went and fish. Cause the GoPro clips aren't entertaining at all. I hate, I hate GoPro clips. I love Greg's stuff. I love Christine's stuff, but it's the same angle every single shot. So it's yeah. like, all right. And me being somebody who has a background in film and understands that, like, Hey, you got to, in order to keep people interested, you got to change the angle. So it's like, Uh, So I find it so boring sometimes, even though, you know, Greg could be catching 50 fish in a video. I'm like, all right, same thing. He's setting the hook the same way, you know, it's using the same drop shot. So it's like, how, how redundant can you be in that? I think what I, my goal for this is to do more of those videos of me sitting on the back of my truck and explaining things or giving my, my personal experience and how somebody else can take it and grow from that. And I think that's where I want to go. I just haven't had the time to do it (laughs) nor nor the necessary motivation to to sit there and say I'm going to do this twice a week I'm going to put out three videos a week I don't I don't have the time or the motivation for that one video every two weeks I'm good with
0: I think and this kind of goes back to where we were when we're talking about tournament fishing is that like I just feel like things need to happen before you start acting you know what I mean so it's like let's say they were tournament fishing like yeah, I can go chase all these, these, uh, tournament series and these, these big national events, or I could f- stick to my level of understanding and, and, and fish, get better fishing why I'm getting experience. And then at the day comes where I'm like, Holy shit, I'm really good at fishing. I'm going to go head to head with, you know, with, 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 these sticks. The same thing when I guess like, you know, with the podcast, like I, there's so much I still got to learn. Am I, am I ready just to, to go a hundred percent into it and, and put my life into, you know, into that, you know, like into this is like, no, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if that's a, if that's a, a good way to, to go out and try to be successful. I mean, great. Like you always got like everyone like lives in like a Nike video where they're like, just do it. And, uh, you know, they, they feel like there's this background music that's pushing them to keep grinding, keep grinding. And, you know, it's just like well, life. Life isn't a Nike video. You shouldn't always just do it. You should take, you know, maybe calculated steps, test things out, you know, especially with content that like create things, see how that does, learn from it. Yeah, that's the just do it that I think people miss. It's like you, you have to do it for yourself first. If you can find enjoyment
1: for doing it for yourself and your loved ones and the people that actually truly care about you, then everyone else will too. And that's where I'm at. I'm only interested in creating content so my mom can see it. My girlfriend can watch it. My brother likes to watch it. Like, so those are that's my audience. Those are the people I think about when I'm thinking about a video. Because instead of them asking me a million questions like, oh, well, why would you do this? Where would you go here? When, how did you finish? It's like, all right, I'm just going to send you the link watch the video like this is what i do on the weekends this is why i'm not at barbecue sometimes like this is <laughs> those are the people that i'm trying to cater to right now because like i said once those people find enjoyment in it then people that are similar to them will find it too but the just do it part of it is like people ask me all the time hey when should i start a youtube channel when should i start a youtube channel just do it just, just do it. yeah that part is to just do it yeah just, just that's the just do it part like use your cell phone they're 4k now like just make a video of you talking about your favorite lore or how to rig a bait and see if you even like being on camera. See if see if you like the editing process. See if you like telling a story, because if you can do those things and you like them and enjoy them and you can do those things well on the back end, then you you might have something there. But you still need to put in the time to practice. That's the not just do a part like yeah. do it yourself, practice, get down with what you know and how you can function within that realm of what you want to do and then move forward from there i think i think your podcast is awesome i've listened to probably 30 episodes since you got in contact with me about being on the show so i think your show is awesome i think it's down to earth and i think you're true to everything that you've said this like thus far and i think that's that's going to resonate with people at some point it's going to catch on it's going to catch fire and somebody's going to be like i can't wait for the next episode and i think that's me right now i'm excited to hear myself I'm excited to hear who you have after me, because, you know, God bless them for having to go after someone like me because I'm just so. <laughs> but, uh, but like, I, I think that's the way you need to do it is if you can find enjoyment for yourself in this and keeping it at that level and you don't need to expand, then there's there's no need to.
0: Right. No, I agree. All right. Well, let's try this thing up soon. Uh, we got planned in the near future. Oh, near future, Hobie B O S on the Susquehanna. I got. I'm not gonna be able to make that. I want to so bad, but it's just one of those things. I'm just. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. L-
1: Luckily, this is the first one that's ever been in my backyard, so it's yeah. like I'm 40. If it,
0: if 40 it wasn't a river, I would have done. It. If it was in a lake or something, but I'm just not confident or ready to get on a. Uh, like I, I want to do the I want to do the Susquehanna, but I want to make sure that I do it before a term. You know what I mean? I want to just go there blindly and fish something that i'm just not i don't even know i don't know how to be safe on it yet so i'm gonna i'm gonna let that one pass well a lot of the areas i'm gonna fish i won't even be in the
1: kayak i'll be waiting so like i mean it's so low right now that it's going to be an interesting event but um uh well here's here's the invite when you're ready you come down i'll get a couple people and we'll do a float um
0: okay sounds
1: good you just let me know when i and then you have to repay me the favor of me coming up to new york because i love it up there yeah Uh, absolutely some of my first you know like forays into KBF stuff were you know Lake George a couple of years ago, um, Cayuga, uh, Oneida is one of my favorite places five on,
0: minutes away from me.
1: Yeah Oneida, I love I love fishing that river in the springtime. Um, that, that's like those are, those are the places where I love but um, other things, nothing major. yeah I'm gonna do an Ike event, um, the charity event in September, I believe. Uh, that's in North Jersey. So nothing crazy, like you said, like the travel, I'm not really, I'm not really going to do it. Um, I think I'm going to Louisiana, um, maybe Alabama in October for redfish. That's my, that's my secret passion going south and trying to catch some saltwater fish. So
0: understand, understand that I'm from, I'm from Panama City. So I've, I've done some red, I, I get, I get the addiction. Yeah. I, the the place we're
1: looking at is Orange Beach, Alabama. So we might, we might be going there uh, for a couple days. So I, I think those are my big things couple videos in the pipeline obviously the instagram i try and post you know every other day i'm, I'm posting stupid stories every day so um you know that kind of stuff is, is constant but uh, tournament wise yeah Hobie bos one more kbf probably the ike tournament and then maybe a bass tournament on the susky so we'll see we'll see how it shakes out um okay nothing's really set in stone except the kid the bos
0: <laughs> okay cool all right well Let everyone know where they can watch your videos, where they can follow you on Instagram. And then if you want to thank anyone that makes fishing easier for you, uh, this is is your time. Make any plugs or whatever.
1: All right. um, Let's see. YakfishChris. At YakfishChris on Instagram. YakfishChris on YouTube. Um, Anywhere that a social media exists, I'm probably on it. You can find me on Twitter. I don't talk about fishing on Twitter. I talk about dumb stuff like why the Phillies decided – to trade so-and-so, things like that. It's mostly my sports outlet. Important, important stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um, all, all the social media is at Yakfish Chris, um, sponsor-wise. Let's see. New Canoe, you guys make an amazing boat um, with huge tons of features. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be on that team. Z-Bait, great soft plastics from, you know, southeastern PA. Um, they make some amazing stuff, and it's all – I would say 98% of their stuff is made in the USA, which – um can't beat that uh let's see swagger tungsten gotta love them uh yak tribe i love yak tribe it's an amazing community to be a part of it's like um i don't even know how to describe it it's a giant family is is the biggest thing and um if you don't know what yak tribe is definitely go to yak check it out sign up it's free to be a member um basically it's it's like i said it's a family uh and then we got who else do we have i think that's it oh oh meals meals thanks for keeping me fat on the water I it. <laughs> um yeah i think i think that's it um I, I mean thank you for having me on i really appreciate yeah, the time to chat i love talking about fishing so if you ever have a dull spot and you're like i don't have any guests this week ring
0: ring i'm here gotcha. to talk about fishing <laughs> gotcha all right bro i appreciate you coming on the show uh good luck with the rest of the season and i'll talk to you soon all right yeah man you too have a, have a good rest
1: of the season